Welcome to another thought. Welcome to another thought-provoking episode of Your Worthless. Read that again. The juxtaposition of your very soul. I'm your host, Nick Nieras, and today we're diving deep into the power of mindset. Our mindset plays a crucial role in shaping our personal and professional transformation. In this episode, we will explore the impact of a growth mindset, share some personal stories, and discuss practical strategies to cultivate a mindset that fuels our growth and success. Get ready for an enlightening and empowering conversation. Before we delve into the topic, let us first understand what a growth mindset is. Developed by psychologist Carol Dweck, a growth mindset is the belief that our abilities and intelligence can be developed through dedication, effort, and learning. It's an understanding that challenges, failures, and setbacks are opportunities for growth rather than fixed limitations. Now let's explore the impact of a growth mindset on personal and professional transformation. When we adopt a growth mindset, we view challenges as opportunities for learning and improvement. We become more resilient, adaptable, and open to new experiences. This mindset allows us to embrace change, step out of our comfort zone, and unlock our full potential. Personal stories have a unique way of illustrating the power of mindset. Let me share a personal story that relates to the impact of a growth mindset in my own life. As this is a personal podcast meant to shed some light on my personal experiences, which I hope may resonate with any one of you, I'll be sharing my own story in this podcast. I will also be featuring some people who are very close to me, i.e. colleagues, family members, and maybe influencers. Well, that if they agreed to be featured in my podcast and share their personal experiences in some of my upcoming episodes. Now, which of my life stories should I pick to illustrate a growth mindset? To be honest, all my life, I have been forcing myself to have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. I mean, I was never one that would be comfortable speaking in public and look at where I am now, releasing my own podcast. Gosh, this is unbelievable. Okay, so back to my story. Let's pick my divorce as an illustration. I sincerely don't think being divorced should be something that women now should be ashamed of. Meet your 25-year-old Sabahan girl who had just broken up with her first boyfriend back in 2014. The year now is 2015. Since 2014, she has been on and off short-term relationships with a couple of guys. It was fun at first as you get to meet and know people from all walks of life without having to think of the long-term plans with them, i.e. whether these people should be the father of your kids or is any of the guys here should be the one you should spend the rest of your life with. For certain, it was the best time of my 20s. 
My work with CRS, Corporate Structuring and Solution, was flourishing. I felt like I knew everything that I needed to know, having been with the company for four years. My social life has never been better. Partying every weekend was my ritual. I thought to myself, what is life if not a life well lived, right? Deep down, I knew I had to try all these things in my 20s because I certainly do not want to regret not trying them by the time I hit 30 or 40. So after doing all of the above for close to two years, I said to myself, what the hell am I doing with my life? Is this what my 20s will amount to? Just working, drinking, partying, having short-term relationships and not settling? Damn, that is sad, I thought to myself. So I reasoned with myself. I told myself that I had a good journey of partying for two years now, and I think it is time to be serious with life. If you must know, my sister and I are very different individuals and we have very different approaches in life. She's definitely the angel one and I was the opposite. I met my ex-husband by the end of October 2015 when I was 24 and she met her then boyfriend and now husband the same year, August 2015. Bless them both, they stood the test of time for eight years and they just tied the knot last March 2023. I guess everyone's life journey is definitely different, and I love them both, my sister and my brother-in-law. So how did we meet, my ex-husband and I? It was through a mutual friend who was commissioned to take our corporate photographs with CRS. The moment we started talking in Facebook, it was like we clicked like we were each other's missing puzzle piece in life. We hit it right off the bat. It was fire. It was like meeting a long lost friend. And I think we mistook that as a cue that we click so well as friends, we think we should take it to the next level. To get married. Sish. I was so young then. I never thought I would be the first one among my friends to tie the knot at 26. The wild and headstrong Nicolette. Haha. <laughs> so, okay, you have these two people head to toe in love with each other and wanted to spend the rest of l their lives with each other. But there was a slight issue. Now, I come from a different religion and he came from a different one. And for us to be married, according to the law, where we reside, one of us had to convert and take a guess. Who would that be? That's me. Yes. All in the name of love, I did. There were a lot of pushback from different people, but the two most important people that was in my head at the time that I don't know how to face were my parents. As you can imagine, it was a rather dramatic experience, much like those you see in the telenovela, where I told them I wanted to marry and my dad said no. You can't. Don't do it. My mom was just there crying. They had their own thoughts about how they were going to lose their daughter once she's married. I knew about this after the divorce was settled and my mom talked about it to me when we were casually chatting. 
When I told my ex-husband about their disagreement, he was devastated. He was practically begging me not to leave him. I was so in love then. All I wanted to do was to be with him. So I begged my parents to let me marry. And they did. They finally gave me their blessings. When I told my friends, colleagues, and acquaintances, some were happy and some were not. Some said, I think you're making a big mistake. In my heart, I probably am making one. But because I stuck to the notion of having a growth mindset at the time, I said to myself, even this, if this won't work out, I'll live another day. What is life without some risk? But the younger me would have called me crazy as how can I take marriage as a gamble? To that question, I answer yes, I took the chance because it was the right decision at the time. Clearly, it wasn't the right decision a few years later. But had I not taken the chance, I would still be wondering how my life would turn out if I did. Maybe I could be married to one of the BTS members. Or maybe I could still be single, have moved abroad, and make a living there. Or maybe I'll just be miserable. Either way, it could be either be better or worse than the current situation. We just have to make do with the choices we have at that moment. And I took matters to hand. So my ex-husband and I started dating in 2015. And he proposed by January 2016. Just a mere three months after dating. Sheesh! I guess I was crazy then for saying yes. Fuck, it was such a scary experience, yet so thrilling. Going against the world and saying yes to the faces that said no, you shouldn't. Of course, at the time, financial issues were always looming this young couple, especially when they wanted to make it a grand wedding. But they were determined to make it work. Gosh, I can say it was such a waste to spend so much money on a wedding just to have it fall apart. But again, I just wanted to make it clear here that I too agreed to the scale of the wedding. And I too take the ownership of being wasteful. One thing you should know about me, when I make a mistake, I own it. That is how strong I value my integrity. So we borrowed money too just for the wedding. For those couple out there that borrowed money for their wedding only for it not to work, You don't have to be shy and embarrassed. There are others that are just like you. It is all right. So after the wedding, I thought the honeymoon phase will continue on. But we kept arguing. You all know what it was about most of the time. Yes, money. Number one factor all married couple fight about. So I think our relationship took a toll on him until I found out that there was infidelity in the marriage. The moment I found out about it, I crafted plan A and B on what is next. Plan A was to try and save and stay in the marriage. Plan B was to get the hell out. Deep down, I knew I had to execute plan B the moment I found out about it. There was no plan A, to be honest. Just that it was a pre-step to plan B. 
Now I'm just thinking to myself, what a conniving person I was. But yes, once you cross the Scorpio, there is no getting back to my graces. Wait, let me rephrase that. It was just me putting my growth mindset into action. There is no way I, that I need to be stuck in that marriage. I came into the marriage on my own accord and I'm going to get out of it on my own accord too. There is no saving oneself except yourself. So plan A was to move out to live on our own so that it would be easier for us to at least separate first before divorcing. Because we were living with my dad in laws, the situation made it hard for me to get out of the situation. I convinced my ex-husband to move to another place where we could be with ourselves and then relearn about each other. And I wanted to see if we can save the marriage still then. So we moved to a new place, but things did not change much. We were still fighting and more so, I had trust issues after I found out about the infidelity. It was torturous for me. It was such a dark time and I felt like I didn't have anybody to turn to. I only had me. I didn't want to ask help from my parents because I was ashamed they would say, I told you so. I was determined to solve it myself. I gave them a heads up that we were planning to separate for a while. And my dad is such an angel. He said to me, I told you so. But you are still young. You still have so much ahead of you. It is okay. The moment he said that, I knew everything was going to be okay. So I discussed with my ex-husband about our plans of separating in the next upcoming months. I even went back to my hometown and told my friends who were my bridesmaids at the time of my reception to tell them that this is it for my marriage. At least I wanted them to hear it from my own mouth rather than from the social media or strangers. Thankfully, they were very supportive. I'm so blessed to have such beautiful friends. They did not judge. Or maybe they did. I don't know. But I felt like they were on my side. I told my sister about the whole fiasco and she too said, I told you so. Subtly. There were so many red flags when you guys got married. But in the end, she was also very supportive of my decision. With the support and encouragement that I have from my parents, sister, and my friends, I knew I could make it. I put on my growth mindset hat on. Rather than saying, Staying in an unhappy relationship, I owe it to myself to make me happy again. What I wanted to do was to tell him that let's separate for a while and reframe ourselves. Once we are in a better frame of mind, we can come back together and see if we can work it out. I knew I had to do it. I just needed a push from the people around me that loves me dearly. I got it. So by the time I came back from my hometown, something ensued in the car and I was fighting with him. He had inadvertently muttered the word that insinuated that he divorced me. Now the moment it happened, I knew it was legal. We were already legally divorced at the point. 
It was in September 2019, two years after we got married. I had so many things in my head when it happened. I wasn't sure if I should be happy that I was in fact now a free woman or I should be sad by ending such a long and arduous marriage that we fought so hard to make it happen. When it happened, everything that happened from the very first day we knew from each other flashed back to how hard we were crying because my parents didn't allow the marriage to happen at first, our trips to Indonesia, Thailand, my hometown and his hometown, to the days we were vibing so well with each other like best friends, to the days that we were fighting about money, about the insecurities that I had, and to the days when we were fighting so bad that we couldn't even stand aside of each other. It was a tough day. So I told him, when you uttered the word, you do know that that will be accepted in the Sharia court, right? He quickly called his father and informed him of the situation. My then father-in-law said, yes. You both need to go to the court and get it finalized. So we went to the court the first thing on Monday. It happened on Saturday. The court then gave us a trial date two weeks after that. And in the blink of an eye, we were divorced. All the hardships that we went through before the marriage and during the marriage were done within a few seconds. Wow. You can get divorced within seconds. Meanwhile, it took you so many years to build that marriage. Same as trust. It will take you years to build that trust, but just seconds to ruin it. I put on my growth mindset hat and marched towards my uncertain future of being a new divorcee. I went and scouted a new place for myself and found one within a few weeks. I settled into the place and it all seemed so surreal. A month ago, I was married and the next I wasn't already. Such is life. All happens in the blink of an eye. But I am a firm believer of change. And change is always good. So at the time, I didn't want to face the grieving of being newly divorced and threw myself into reviving my social life again and work. I met a group of lovely people when I took up Latin dancing. I took a solo trip to Australia as a way for me to heal myself. I had a good time there, but I knew something else was waiting for me. It was that grief. I didn't grieve properly after getting the divorce. I was just trying to find something to distract myself. I thought that this is just going to pass by and that I will never have to process it. I was wrong. I had to face everything. COVID was just declared as a pandemic at the time and I was stuck at home. Lockdown started in March 2020 in Malaysia and I had no social life then. That was when everything came crumbling down. I was by myself, stuck at home, and lonely. Work was also such a mess. I thought that if one area of my life is fucked, at least I could keep other areas of my life afloat. Damn. COVID just slapped me so hard in the face. (music) 
Work at the time was so fucked up that I wasn't sleeping. I was pulling all-nighters ever so often because the world didn't know how to handle the work-from-home situation. The company thought that now that we were at home, we were assumed to be available 24-7 in front of the computer. It was such a stressful 2020 for me. I think this was the case for everybody. Only in my case, I was newly divorced and my work was such a pain in the ass. Plus, I was lonely. How miserable one can be. I know I have it good compared to other unfortunate people as I still had my paycheck and a roof over my head. I'm still very grateful for that. My growth mindset in action. I tried sticking through my work until early 2021 until I realized that I cannot do it anymore. It felt like everything that I was doing at the job was wrong and I was getting pushed around like there was no tomorrow. For every project that I was in, it was either the client was so unreasonable or my boss was not understanding at all. I was driven to the point that I thought I was incapable of doing anything right because I was getting scolded all the time. For all that is yet to tune into my imposter syndrome episode, this is where I talk about the experience in my previous company. Still putting my growth mindset hat on, I told myself, I am strong. I'll get through this. Fuck. Until early 2021, I was removed from a project because of my incapability to act as a manager. And as much as I cried over that, I thought that this was finally a sign from God. A sign from the universe. This was my way out. I knew there were so many signs asking me to leave the company, but I didn't want to give up. Well, partly because of my ego. The company was such a prestigious company and I wanted to show that I can stick around. That I shouldn't leave because leaving is what a quitter would do. After the last project, I was removed from it. I told my dad that I wanted to quit. Quit without any backup plan. Quit without any new jobs lined up for me. Damn. I couldn't care less about the bills that I had to pay knowing full well my savings were not enough to cover me. Not even enough for the next three months. Thankfully, the company had a sabbatical leave option, so I took it up. I applied for two months and paid sabbatical leave. During this time, thankfully, the government allowed some money to be withdrawn from the Employee Sovereign Fund to fund for emergency expenses of the people during COVID, especially those who have lost their jobs. I took it as a sign from the universe. During the two months, I had to readjust my battered self-esteem while trying to update my resume to apply for a new job. I couldn't even type anything in my resume as I thought that I never got anything right during the last projects. It was so bad. I had to reframe my mind again and put on my growth mindset head on. I calmed myself down and asked a few friends if their company was hiring. I also started applying for jobs online. I think I applied to a total of 100 plus jobs and thankfully a week after that, I started getting interviews. The faith in myself was restored. I attended the interviews and finally got offered three jobs. I was ecstatic. I never knew that somebody else wanted to hire even after what I went through. 
I couldn't see my own value after what happened. I asked a friend which one I should take. He said, take the one that will help you with your retirement fund. So I accepted the role with the highest offer naturally. I think the moral of the story here is I believe from the start that I was never truly stuck. I just needed to find new ways around my current situation or just get out of it if it's no longer serving my higher good. Through this experience, I discovered the transformative effects of embracing a growth mindset. It allowed me to overcome self-doubt, embrace continuous learning, and achieve goals I once thought were impossible. So how can we cultivate a growth mindset? One strategy is to reframe challenges and failures as learning opportunities. Instead of dwelling on setbacks, ask yourself, what can I learn from this experience? Embrace the lessons, extract valuable insights, and use them to grow and improve. Another powerful technique is to practice self-awareness and monitor your self-talk. Notice the language you use when facing difficulties. Shift from a fixed mindset where you believe your abilities are fixed to a growth mindset that acknowledges your potential for growth and improvement. Replace limiting self-talk with positive and empowering affirmations. Developing a growth mindset also involves surrounding yourself with a supportive and growth-oriented community. Seek out mentors, peers, or colleagues who embody a growth mindset. Engage in conversations that encourage learning, exchange ideas, and challenge your thinking. Collaboration and feedback from others can accelerate your personal and professional growth. Additionally, continuous learning is a fundamental aspect of a growth mindset. Cultivate a love of learning by reading books, listening to podcasts such as yours truly, attending workshops or taking courses. Embrace new skills and knowledge that will propel you forward on your journey of personal and professional transformation. It is important to acknowledge that embracing a growth mindset doesn't mean dismissing the importance of effort and hard work. While believing in our ability to grow is essential, it is equally important to put in the necessary effort, practice, and dedication to achieve our goals. A growth mindset coupled with consistent action is a powerful combination for success. As we wrap up this episode, I encourage you to reflect on your own mindset. 
Do you tend to approach challenges with a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? What steps can you take to cultivate a mindset that fosters personal and professional transformation? Remember, our mindset is not fixed. We have the power to shift it and unlock our full potential. That concludes today's episode of You're Worthless. Read that again. The juxtaposition of your very soul. I hope you found our exploration of the power of mindset insightful and inspiring. Remember, by embracing a growth mindset, you can transform your life and achieve extraordinary things. Embrace challenges, learn from failures, and believe you can change your life if you so wish. This is your host, Nick Nieras, signing off.